Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. We didn't do anything for Valentine's Day, I'm just realizing. Oh, th- would this be... February. Oh. What do you oh, mean well. do something for Valentine's Day? What are we going to do? I don't Nothing. know. <laughs> loving J-Fashion. Showing our love for J-Fashion. Oh, well. We show it every, every day, every month. We have a better topic. Today, yeah. we're going to be with Joelle, a.k.a. Fluffy Tori, a.k.a. Fluffy Kawaii Joe, and talking about adjusting your J-Fashion style for different situations. Yeah, so if you're trying to be a lifestyler or something close to it or even just start some wardrobe goals, I think this is a very good episode to listen to. Joelle has a lot of great insight into just thinking about all the different situations that you can apply your style to that may go outside of the the typical settings of your style. Like Lolita and businesswear. What the hell? (laughs) Which is pretty cool. Yeah, she definitely comes from a Lolita perspective. And then we chime in with our, you know, different style perspectives. Because Lolita is very different from J Fashion, from Decora to Gyaru. It all varies. We're all different, but together as one family. (laughs) Anyways, before we get into the interview with Joelle, we're going to give a little update on our kawaii community up here in Chicago. We recently had a Kawad Plus J Fashion Meet. If y'all are familiar with our show, and hopefully you are if you're new and you're starting with this episode... That's interesting. <laughs> Anyways, we have a little group that we like to call the Kawad, the Kawaii Squad. Plus, yep. there's four of us. Yeah. So, haha, <laughs> lots of puns. And it's the two of us and our friend Jesse Moonheart and our friend Bunny, aka yeah. Fatty Chan. Which we've both, we've had both of them on the show, correct? Correct. Yep. They are both wonderful. You can take listen to their episodes after this. And we decided that instead of having a small Kawad meetup to celebrate my and Jesse's birthdays because they happen like within a month of each other mm-hmm. we'll just have a big one yep and we invited everyone <laughs> it was a super fun meetup that we hosted at dill no not dylan's candy bar <laughs> sugar factory yes thank you i always kind of similar i always get the names confused <laughs> always the day before was crazy because yeah. bunny was sick Aww. and then could not make it and I was very sad. And then Aaliyah could not make it. And so here I am, just like, ah, people are leaving. And then, oh, there's more coming. And, <laughs> oh, God, I don't know what's happening. Right. It's like that up and down feeling you have before, like, you know, having a party or something. It's just like, oh, God, is no one going to just be here? Is this going to be me? But it worked out. It was a good turnout. Jade was there. Jade, Jade from I- Jaded Island. Island. <laughs> Jade ended up spending a couple nights at my place to save money on hotels, because mm-hmm. who wants to do that? And we had a rad time slumber partying it up. Not really. We were both exhausted. Her partner, <laughs> Steven, was exhausted. So we were just like, Haha, dinner than bed. But it was wonderful to have her. She is phenomenal. Jade, I adore you. You're wonderful. <laughs> We made jokes about how people call her blog Jaded Island. 
No. And she's like, no, no, that's not me. But it was so great. And being at Sugar Factory yes. was a wonderful time because the food is so over the top. Right. It is OTT sweet to the max. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was wonderful being with kawaii people and having that, as Jade calls it, pink energy in the yes. room was so wonderful. What was your favorite part? Okay, so food rise, my favorite part was the um, Barbie milkshake, I believe. Yes. And, man, their milkshakes are so smooth and creamy. They're giant. Yeah, they're giant, and they're all, like, they're not, like, hard to get through the straw, you know, like other, some other places it might be a little bit difficult because it's more ice cream, but theirs is very, like, very smooth. And that's like my favorite sort of consistency from a milkshake. I like a, I like it a little melted. So I'm like, yes, it's like already comes that way perfect. And <laughs> <laughs> it had some like strawberry gelato in it. So it was like kind of like vanilla tasting, but a, um, some light strawberry taste to it. And then I think it had some like strawberry bits in there, but I can't, Ooh. I didn't know what it was because it was like, didn't taste like fresh strawberries, but it was something strawberry flavored. So that was my favorite thing food wise. It was really awesome getting to talk to Jade. I just see her online and everything. So it's just like getting cool. It's cool to get to know someone outside of the internet. Just being talk. an adult is being able to meet up with your internet friends. Right. I mean, at least for us millennials. We, we start out <laughs> with these internet friends that we can't see, you know. So that was really cool. I really like Simon's look. And I, was I thought just you like, were just going to go, I really like Simon. I did want to say. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I would hope so. Yeah, you but then it has nothing to him. Yeah, but that has <laughs> nothing to do with the event. <laughs> so I really like his outfit. He had these, like, had, like, a mint theme going, and he thrifted with Hayden's help because Hayden finds everything. I just random, <laughs> we were in my store, and I looked over to the left of me, and I was like, huh. Hey, Simon, do you like this? And he was like, give it to me. Yes. <laughs> so he definitely liked the mint overalls. He was just like, yes, I finally have like a really cool thing. He just got his hair cut. So I'm just like, yes, looking dapper. So I was just like, oh, I like your outfit. So I kept saying that over and over. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice to have my partner with me for like a birthday celebration. And it wasn't crazy like my 21st birthday celebration. Um, <laughs> we won't talk about that here. Anyways, and it was nice to see my partner like in a kawaii space with me and it's just always wonderful to have them it was great to see kim aka scribbly barf again yeah if you guys are familiar kim is an artist named scribbly barf and was in the second issue of k club and they drew the kawaii k inklings in it and it was so wonderful oh my gosh kim kim made like the cutest like little illustrations and like i wasn't expecting it at all i was expecting gifts from quad members um like christmas and stuff (laughs) right right so we had already planned and discussed that so i kind of was expecting it and we were trying to you know be cool about it but then when kim presented to me the little illustration that they made i was just like oh 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 <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, look at this. <laughs> it's beautiful. Y'all can see mine and Jesse's portraits on our Instagrams. We dedicated an entire post because Kim deserves yes. it. Yes. Kim is wonderful and is a sweetheart. 
It was so great to meet <laughs> Ethel for the first time in person, and I adore her. She's fantastic. I got to meet Molly. I got to meet Liz. I think everyone else there I'd seen yeah, before. Yeah, we already met. But it was just so awesome. It's It was wonderful, and there was so much good energy, and the food was excellent. I just got a big burger, and it was delicious. I had a drink that was interesting. It was called Peace, Love, and Harmony. And there was, like, supposed to be some rose in there, and I really like rose. But it just ended up tasting like cough syrup, and it was a little disappointing. Aw. But it's okay. I made up for it later on. A couple days later, I got a PB&J martini from a different place, Ooh. which was delicious. That's not related. <laughs> Jade and um, and Jesse, they really like this, like, watermelon-based martini thing. I didn't get to try it. Yeah, they were like in multiple. I was like, all right. <laughs> and then afterwards, Kamila and Simon decided to dip out, as did Liz. The rest of us went to the local mall where there was a used clothing store pop-up shop. Which or I'm like, totally jealous about because it looked like, I really love the picture that came from that. I was like, man, there's better lighting in there. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the merchandise was okay. It was far too overpriced for what it was. You're oh. paying for the location, not mm. the clothing itself. It's in the Water Tower Mall. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar, it is an expensive area mm-hmm. and an expensive place to rent out. But a bunch of boring stores, to be honest. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a mall. But the pop-up shop, while it was very cute and well curated, it was just way too expensive for what we were wanting. Um, but it was nice to just be able to sit down and chill out with people. You missed a very shitty experience, though. Oh, I mean, I don't know if it's yay or... (laughs) (laughs) We were sitting on this couch that was inside this pop-up shop, and it was just a place where, like, you could just sit and chill and, like, take pictures. They had a little letterboard sign that had, like, their Instagram handle, so you could tell it was for taking pictures and photo shoots. So it was fine that we were sitting there. We're chilling. You know, it's a mall shop, so there are window walls in front of us where the hallways are. And people are staring at all the kawaii kids. It's to be expected. But then this older couple passes by us, and they're probably like 70-some years old. And the man comes in, and he just stands right inside the doorway and puts his hands on his hips and stares at us with a confused look on his face Okay. for a good, like, three minutes, just standing and staring. Okay. And we're like, Are you oh, okay. <laughs> You're going to stop? You're going to move? And then yeah. he went back out, kind of went back the way he came, like he backtracked, and then, of course, pulled out his phone, started, like, trying to take pictures, oh, no. and all of us were like, Putting our hands out, we're like, no, no, stop, stop, don't do that, stop it. Think someone may have flipped him off. Uh I don't know if he ended up getting pictures or not. Probably did, but it was really shitty. Probably not good-looking pictures. Yeah, we all have, like, our hands in front of our faces and, like, going, no, fucking stop. Yeah. It was shitty. He was a shithead. (sighs) Like, gawk at us, but, like, don't take pictures of us. I don't fucking know you. Yeah, and I don't when know they if you're going to J.O. to it right, later. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And then, like, I don't, 
like when people take pictures and they don't ask because then that's going to leave me to assume that you're trying to post it and be like, look at how stupid these people are. Yeah. You know, you're trying to make fun of me or something. So. And like, there are so many creeps out there. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, what neckbeard is going to think that I'm his kawaii husband yeah, and is yeah. going to take a picture of me and take it home and like be creepy and weird about it. Right. Yeah. Uh hate people but that was about it and then i went home with jade and steven to my place and we got thai food and we were exhausted we got a little tipsy (laughs) off of israeli liquor (laughs) and it was wonderful and it was such a good time so y'all for those out there in your local communities if you feel like you don't have a space to be kawaii make your own space that's my advice Put it out there. That was like one of the biggest reasons why I made OK Podcast was because Mm -hmm. one of the best advice was from someone who, an alumnus from our school, and he said, I didn't know of any sports podcasts out there that catered to my interest, so I made one. And you should do that too. There's nothing out there for your interests. You go do it. The responsibility is on you. So if there is no kawaii space for you, the odds are there's probably other people feeling the same way. Right. So you go out and make your own space. Or support someone who is making a space. If you can find some way to help them or, you know, consistently show up, because that gives them, like, encouragement to feel like, you know what, like, what I do does matter. Like, me putting in this effort does matter. Yes, exactly. I went home before everyone else and got to working on uh, my most recent release, which is, like, these uh, kawaii weapon props. I have, like, hair clips and bag clips. I have large size weapons. And then I have, well, I had a bat and <laughs> someone bought it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm and I have more weapons that I haven't even finished yet. I just wanted to put out this launch of stuff that like I've already done. So then, you know, when I'm ready to put something out, it's just like, hey, I finished this one thing. It's in the it's in this thing. So. Um, so, yeah. So they're up now. Go um, check out. Go check it Decora. out. Yeah. So um, and if you have any, you know, questions, you can always email or message me. Boop, boop, boop. Hell yeah. (laughs) And with that little update, we're going to head into our interview with Joelle right after a little brief commercial that we run all the time. Hey, y'all. It's Hayden. It's Kamala. We've talked a bit about how OK Podcast is a labor of love for us. Yes. Neither of us get paid to create this content, and we make it because it's important and we love to do it. Yeah, doing this podcast does take a lot of time and a bit of money, though. Because of that, we would like to tell you about our Patreon. If you become a monthly Patreon at any level, you'll get to contribute questions to our monthly guests. And if you donate at the $3 a month level, you'll gain access to our bonus patron content, which has special interviews with our guests. Like what it's like to be in a garusa, switching styles, and tips on modeling in Japan. There's absolutely no obligation to become a patron whatsoever, but we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much, and now back to the show. Woo! And welcome back. Today we are going to be talking with Joelle, a.k.a. Fluffy Tori, a.k.a. Fluffy Kawaii Joe. And we are going to be talking about how you can adjust your J fashion style 
for different events, different situations. Thank you. That was another word I lost for a <laughs> So hi, Joelle. How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys? Pretty good. It's freezing cold today. It is really? so freaking cold over here. I'm looking at everyone walking down the street past me and they're wearing like cool Chicago clothes. And I'm sitting here in like sweatpants, glitter boots. I'm completely layered up and I'm just like, yes, I feel nothing. Is spring coming? I don't know. <laughs> so, Joe, the first question that we have for you is how did you first get into J fashion? Okay, I had to reflect on that because I mostly wear um, Lolita fashion but my first encounter with J fashion was when I was uh, with my class we were visiting a museum and at the end we always go through the gift shop and they had fruits the, ah. the big thick book one of the first editions I guess and it was eye-opening for me I was like oh my god people do dress like that and it's okay I just spent like half an hour flipping <laughs> through the book and amazed with all this and then maybe I think I just looked it up online and then I found that I could try it and uh, I started being very ETA at uh, conventions for many years actually. <laughs> oh wow so how old were you? I was maybe 15 years old. When ah, I okay teenager. 14. Or I, I'm yeah. always a little jealous of people who are able to like have fruits or like Kara or Gothic Lolita Bible to be their first introduction mm. into the fashion. What uh, was yours? Oh man, I it was a Michelle Fawn makeup tutorial video. Okay. I, I feel jealous because like fruits and those street snap magazines are like such a big part of our community and I didn't have that until they were all out of print. I'm a little jealous, but I'm really happy <laughs> that you had like such an awesome awakener first yeah, introduction yeah. that's like such a core part of our community. I think I my... wish I bought it though. <laughs> oh, well, like... I mean, you got your use out of it standing in the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what made you realize that there was a conflict of interest between J fashion and other activities? I can only speak from a Lolita point of view because. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is what I mostly wear. There are a lot of codes and everything, and mm. you're supposed to be very pretty and sit well and drink tea and whatever, mm. and that's fine because some of the clothes that you wear are super OTT, but then I'm also, say, a well-rounded individual. I don't mm. know. I like, like a lot of people, I used to be a tomboy with a, when I was uh, young and <laughs> not really like feminine fashion or whatever but then at some point I wanted to try to do real stuff with my clothes and I wanted to do I don't know if you know what's a uh, rope courses it's like when you climb trees they have like um platforms in the trees and there's oh, an activity yeah. of um, mm -hmm. stuff like that it's very popular in Switzerland and so I wanted to do oh, that cool. for an activity for um, a meet and People in my community were oh, like, yeah. but I would ruin my dress or legitimate claims like uh, I'm afraid of boy, uh, height or so, stuff like that. Mm. But then I realized that, of course, you will not go uh, do that with uh, your $300 angelic pretty dress. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you could definitely find a bodyline dress, something that's cheap or something easier mm. to do that. And then actually I convinced some of my friends to do that. And then I created a web series where we try all those activities oh. in, in a mainly uh, 
Lolita fashion mm-hmm. or Ochi fashion and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think the issue is that people think it's not a costume or something, but mm-hmm. that you have to put a certain type of activities with clothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that if it's actually, we claim that J fashion is clothing, that you can do everything right. with it, then you have to adapt your okay. coordinates or whatever to the activity and the, the setting. I mean, when you go to a high tea, you don't dress the same as if you just go walking in the park right. or something. So that kind of like brings us into like the next question. Why do you think incorporating J fashion into more activities other than, quote, sitting pretty is important? I think that it's important to prove that those are clothes because mm-hmm. if you just wear them to sit in a cafe and uh, sit pretty and drink tea then that's like a uniform or something mm-hmm. this is a particular clothes for a very specific occasion and if you allow yourself to do almost everything in those clothes then it pushes the envelope even more than this is clothes and then everybody right. can wear them i agree with that because we like to say like this isn't a costume like this is something that we like to wear like how someone else just likes to wear black skinny jeans and some converse it's just clothes that we like to wear but if we approach it that way we need to be able to do what other people do mm-hmm in their everyday lives with just casual wear. Right, right. But in regular wear, there's also so many different levels. Right, correct. You have your pajamas, you have casual outfits, you have a suit, you have everything. You have formal wear. I I am not really familiar with the other types of J fashion. I I would love if you could also talk about your experiences in those questions. But in Lolita fashion, there are so many different... Uh, it's a wide variety of levels from mm-hmm. super casual to super kitty. And yeah. I think and one so- of the misconceptions about Lolita is that it's always very OTT or very mm-hmm. elegant. Yeah. I'm really impressed with how far the Lolita community has come mm-hmm. with starting to incorporate more casual coordinates into their everyday life. But it still scares me because it's still like, this is still a $60 dress. And $60 is still a lot to me. Right, right, right. I have $20 dresses. (gasps) Actually, I have one that I wear really as Lolita that's from Axis Fam. And it Mm. costed me maybe $16. Wow. So the whole cord with the shoes, with everything, I can make a full cord in it under $70. Wow. Impressive. The shoes are maybe the most (laughs) expensive. Wow, that's really cool. I have a friend who wears uh, Lolita Daily, like Lolita to work. She has a more like classic sort of style. And then when she goes to like tea party convention or something like that, she'll like, you know, dress those things up. But she definitely has the same silhouette. Just sometimes it doesn't have petticoat or Brave. some sort of thing. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. Or it's just darker colored. It's not like a, a sweet poppy sort of thing. I think it's definitely possible. As far as things like Decora and Very K, I think we don't always have to have all those accessories and stuff. I think there was like a pressure to be like totally consumed by the amount of accessories that are on. And I noticed that I never really did that as far as to the level of what I've seen from like Maho Prince. I feel like he wears 
a bunch of accessories and a lot of different layers, you know, when he goes all out. I feel like I never got to that level, but still considered wearing more accessories than normal. You can wear less accessories or no accessories at all and still be operating within that fashion style. Like it maybe it goes more into pop K or something. Gray area or rainbow area. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> And I think for me, one of the biggest problems that I have with that, because like I also do Fairy K kind of moving into Decora when I go Mm -hmm. over the top. My biggest issue is that I I always kind of make my outfits with the idea of like, oh, I'm going to post this on Instagram. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I'm going to post it online, I need it to be something that is over the top Mm -hmm. and that will acquire the serotonin producing views and likes that I want. (laughs) And I think that's my biggest issue and my Mm. biggest hurdle to get over. I'm starting to get there mainly because, thankfully, my workplace, where I work, I'm allowed to wear whatever I want. And I'm very, very grateful for that. But there are some days where it's like I wake up and I want to be kawaii, but I want to be comfortable as well. Mm. I don't want to have as many layers. I've been taking a lot of inspiration from some of my coworkers. You know, they're not kawaii. I'm like one of the only kawaii people. No, I'm the only kawaii person (laughs) in my workplace. So I've been starting to take more inspiration from like the silhouettes that they use and thinking about how less can be more. And one of the biggest things for me was getting over the silhouette quote requirements in Fairy K Mm. of how you got to have like something more form fitting and then something big or then something really big. Yeah, exactly. There's also the internalized fat phobia Mm. that I have from society of like, I can't look boxy. I have to Mm. look like very Mm. put together. But Mm -hmm. I think one of my proudest coordinates recently has just been like a pair of corduroy 80s style mom jeans that are like high waters on me Mm -hmm. and pairing that with just a sweater and, you know, looking boxy and being okay with straight square shape. You know, thinner people are able to pull that shape off Mm. very, very well. So why aren't I able to pull that off as well? Just because, like, I'm a bigger person. Mm -hmm. I find that those boxy shapes tend to pull off the less is more phrase better than tight-fitting than fluffy or fluffy than tight-fitting aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel you on that because, like, right now, what I feel that I'm wearing, I'm just like, oh, well, silhouette-wise, this is really frumpy. But I feel really good about the outfit at the same time. It still fits within the color schemes, and I'm wearing the clothes that I've bought to wear for special outfits, but I'm wearing it casually. I used to feel more pressure about it and just being like, okay, I gotta, like, put this together, like, I don't know, like you, like it's right. You have right. to feel put together. Right, feel put together. And now, unless I'm going to an event with fashion friends where it's just like, oh, they'll appreciate, you know, these extra little things that I'm mm-hmm. putting together daily. I'm just like, oh, I'm just doing whatever. To the outside world, like, at least if you feel like, oh, I'm put together, and if they think I look weird, forget them because because I'm put together up to like my like best Instagram standards. Mm-hmm. But when you don't <laughs> do that and then I have to like work through that fear of just like, oh, okay, people are g- going to look at me like I'm a frumpy, crazy person. And I'm just like, yeah, that's okay. 
But they won't know the difference anyway, right? Yeah, they won't know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, this is so casual. The color don't match. I have like the shoes are right. perfect. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like the the lowest casual possible. And for everyone else, it's already so OTT because it's so mm. different. Right. And I actually don't care if I go outside. I would be mm-hmm. ashamed maybe to meet, like you said, other people in my fashion mm-hmm. because I want to be pretty to be with them. Mm-hmm. But if I go, for example, find so many occasions where I uh, kind of wear Lolita fashion to family occasions mm-hmm. and I'm like, they want to know the difference. Okay, I want to put <laughs> so many OTT accessories on my head because they will definitely think I'm a weirdo. They yeah. already know that. But yeah. <laughs> I will prove them right. <laughs> I think the normal people would think super casual is OTT anyways. Right, right. Lately, I've been to the Christmas party, for example, with Lolita dresses that are a little bit more OTT and printed and stuff like that. But mm. I went to the 60th birthday party of my mother-in-law and I was wearing all black and jerk and it was very elegant mm. and it was kind of OTT but uh, it's sweet elegant because it was black it went perfectly because anyone could have worn a black dress to that event right, right different shape or anything right. but the same exact coordinate in pink would have been not possible for i mean too mm-hmm. ott or too bright mm-hmm. but when you do decora or fairy care you cannot really change the color scheme mm. to go to something more natural and in my case i found that just picking a darker or non-printed versus printed is something mm. that i can make it more casual but with decora fairy care can you just uh do with different fabrics or just less accessories or what would you do to make it more Uh, casual i think that's a big problem that decora and fairy k kids have Mm -hmm. a difficult time with we are a more is more type of fashion And I think when we start getting into just like regular color blocking, like Mm. no prints, no Mm. patterns. I mean, for me personally, I start to fear like I just look like a big pink ball and I don't Mm. like this and Mm -hmm. there's nothing else I can play into. There's no theme. What am I going to (laughs) do? And I think it's a matter of just like taking a step back. Definitely pulling Mm -hmm. off accessories helps Mm -hmm. a lot. I'm going to limit myself to three buttons today Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of six and then like a bunch of pins. I think it's really about having those staple pieces Mm -hmm. that are able to go with anything. A simple skater skirt or Mm -hmm. a simple A-line skirt with no pattern on it Mm -hmm. and a printed sweater or a Mm -hmm. simple graphic tee. Those things can still like stand out and be Mm kawaii and still be fairy K, but not be over the top. And Mm -hmm. I think there's, in our community, there's always the need to, like, be over the top. And so we can, like, kill it. We want to kill it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's like, yo, we can, like, take it down a notch. It's okay. Right. Less layers, too. Yeah, less layers. I try Mm. to go for, like, a different silhouette. Like, find a colorful version of the thing that is most expected to be worn. So, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I went to my job interview for the job I currently have, it's still like a creative career. It's kind of like graphic designy. I had the blue and pink hair split with the braids with the puffs at the end. I'm going to have to go to this interview um, <laughs> <laughs> with this. With colorful hair. Yeah. I was just like, all right, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull my hair back into like a ponytail and then maybe like leave two that are coming out on my 
like the side. I'm going to put on natural looking makeup and then. Wow. Like, yeah. Big <laughs> jump for Kamala. Yeah. Yeah. No contacts in my eyes. I'm just going to wear my glasses. But I did have lashes, though. I got to have lashes. <laughs> um, and then I had a patchwork dress, some heels that seemed fancy and fit the time. And I didn't put on any accessories or anything like that. They still talk about that outfit to this day. They were just like, wow, you were like so amazing. Like you had that whole look like put together. And it's just like the same thing that maybe someone would wear for an interview, just like the colorful version of Mm -hmm. it. That helped me feel like I was both being myself and being respectful of the situation. That's amazing. This is when it's powerful that you can respect the situation and be yourself, find different levels to different situations. I think that's also a great example of taking how normal fashion people go about their process of making Mm. an outfit and then upscaling Mm -hmm. it to Mm -hmm. our own fashion. For example, you know, a lot of people, it's like, oh, I have this really awesome statement necklace. Mm. And then they wear everything else just to kind of call to that statement piece. And Mm. a lot of times those are the outfits that look the most put together for normal fashion. And I think having those statement pieces and then just having everything be a bit more demure, being Mm. a bit more low key is often some of the outfits that I see look the best Mm. for J fashion Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. as well. Just yesterday, I saw someone who was wearing this really big faux fur coat. It was like a tan faux fur coat coat with black hearts all Mm. over it big black hearts and she was wearing a pair of doc martens low-cut doc martens not the big combat boot a black skirt a black pair of tights and a Mm -hmm. pink shirt and that's all and Mm. she looked amazing yeah because it was a statement piece and everything else played into that one statement piece. Mm. I think that's one of the things that not a lot of J fashion people think about when trying to come up with a cord. We think about themes and we think about Mm -hmm. like the patterns and how we're going to play into the pattern. Again, like more is more for us. And I think approaching our fashion the way normal people approach their fashion is a good way to adapt to our style to different situations. And I think also it uh, needs a certain level of um, expertise in Mm. the fashion Mm -hmm. to be able to see the differences in the situation and also to have the pieces to be able Mm -hmm. to do that. I see a lot of newcomers to the fashion. Mm -hmm. They have that one or two dresses that they would wear to any occasions. And when you start building up your wardrobe, for example, for me, I try to never wear the same dress with the same coordinates. I try to always do something different because this Mm -hmm. is a challenge for me. Mm -hmm. But also now that I have so many pieces, I can really be more versatile to different situations. And I can think of different situations because I've been to so many different ones. But when you're just starting, you just want to wear your one thing and you think it's the best. And sometimes you just wear three, four times the same, you know what I mean? And I think that's also a big hurdle to get over. I was watching a video today by The Stitches, who is a Mm -hmm. kawaii fashion person on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and she mentioned how in the fashion community, it's a faux pas to wear the same thing more than once, Mm -hmm. or at least like the same big statement piece more than once. That is still something that I'm struggling to get over because I'll wear a coordinate and I'll want to wear it like three times in a row. 
but I don't feel like I'm allowed to because I want to post it to Instagram or I don't want people to see me wearing the same thing twice. (laughs) It's like, oh, no, this isn't all the clothes I own. And that like comes from materialism. I think trying to style those pieces in different ways will help me be able to get over that stigma and get over that need for more. Mm-hmm. What is one of the most common situations that you need to adapt your J fashion style for? And how did you adjust for those situations? I would say one of the main pieces in my style that I need to adjust the most of the time is the shoes. Mm. So basically, for example, uh, for all the episodes, almost all the episodes of Action Lolita, we could not use any Lolita shoes because we were climbing trees, running in football fields, Mm -hmm. uh, doing rock climbing, almost all of the situations, maybe except a laser tag, we had Mm. to change the shoes. Also, when I'm at my vendor table, usually this is something that I I do. Either I put on sneakers that that I fit my my style or color or sometimes I wear more comfortable shoes I have my super comfortable shoes but I know that they don't fit with my outfit Mm. and color wise but I'm like it's behind the table people won't notice and so personally shoes are super important because in my Mm -hmm. case even though it's fashion and I love to be extra I love to be super OTT because Mm -hmm. like you said I love to post cute pictures on Instagram Mm -hmm. but this is more important to be comfortable so Mm. right now I'm actually changing a lot in my wardrobe if a dress is not perfect and also a little bit tight I would say okay do I need to adjust it so it's more comfortable or do I need to sell it to buy another one Mm -hmm. and right now I'm making less purchases compromise on Mm. uh, on comfortable if I take the question more literally I guess I'm kind of proud to have managed to adjust my J fashion style for the business style, mm. I guess. I think the first time I went to a um, meeting with somebody from the Chamber of Commerce or some um, place where they could advise the local businesses for importing whatever. So I had a big meeting with uh, two people in suits and I managed to wear Lolita there and I was so <laughs> proud of me. Wow. wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, you're blowing my mind. That's, <laughs> How did you style that? That's like, terrifying uh, okay. to yeah. me. <laughs> It was brand also. One the main mm. piece was brand. I had a, a, a main dress from Innocent World that was uh, oh, okay. navy, a little bit like corduroy material. Mm-hmm. It was really basic cut, no print, whatever. It mm-hmm. was very dark and stylish, I would say, mm-hmm. but still a little bit casual. And I had, yeah, I think I had basic tea party shoes and uh, ivory tights, like something that I would wear with a, a regular. Uh, dress and what made the whole outfit look businessy so i have one uh, black blazer from uh, borderline that actually mm. i paid five dollars because it was in one of the sales and it's wow. the most comfortable piece ever in my wardrobe i love it i didn't know bodyline had blazers <laughs> <laughs> I think they have this one (laughs) and it's all black with a tiny, tiny lace and the cut is less square than a Mm, regular blazer. It's a little bit more round and ruffly in this Mm -hmm. small bow, but still it looks very professional, but Mm -hmm. very J fashion. So I love it. It's so perfect. And I had maybe a white blouse under it and just one 
small headbow that is not standing up headbows but flat headbow mm-hmm. in one of the color and my natural hair and natural makeup and everything mm-hmm. and no risks I was like I'm in a legit super important actually also meeting and I'm dressing in full Lolita it I had a petticoat it was I followed all the codes of Lolita fashion but I had managed to adjust it to the situation and I felt so proud of myself wow to, yeah. to, to that extent yeah that's terrifying and I'm so <laughs> proud of you too like that is amazing oh man that's so fun to yeah. me <laughs> like I'm just like oh wow yeah, like absolutely for this situation like how am I gonna like put this together now Kamila, I'm now imagining you <laughs> in a like a bando top a blazer a <laughs> pair of joggers and boots Ooh, <laughs> we're gonna it's gonna happen yeah business J fashion <laughs> Oh and yes. And please send me pictures of your other coordinate. Oh, do you, did you take pictures of your work interview? Oh no, I didn't take no. a picture of it because I was just like, why would I take a picture of this? No one gonna <laughs> Yeah, I know, same for me. Yeah. Anyways. I have some ones for like when I went to people's weddings or um celebrated my anniversary and we went to a fancy anniversary dinner. That is actually a good impromptu question. I'm going oh. to be going to a wedding. Oh. Um next year and my friend bless his heart (laughs) he goes Hayden I love you and I know that this is like you but at my wedding please tone it down and I was like honey I'm not like who do you think I am I mean like look at what's their color scheme and then Mm -hmm. try to like just try to find something in the silhouette that you like Mm -hmm. or if their color scheme is like oh it's blue and pink just like okay then Mm -hmm. I'll find the silhouette that they want you to wear but make it blue and pink Mm -hmm. so he he was like I want the attention to be on my fiance please oh yeah and I was like that is totally understandable like I know how to tone it down so now I'm curious as to like how I would be able to get around that and like maybe pull something out that is elegant and nice enough but also like toned down I'm not sure if I would for this specific occasion right but I may in the future invest in something a little bit more elegant Lolita Mm -hmm. just so I can have it like just in case it's like I want to be J fashion I don't want to be goth today, mm-hmm. but I want to be elegant. Right. Because whenever I go to like fancy formal events, I usually default to my goth side because yeah. I can tone that down a lot more easier than pastels. Right, right. Yeah. Have you tried OG fashion? Do you know what this is? Oh, yeah. this I do like boy style. really yeah. love OG. I I want to try it out someday, Mm -hmm. but I just don't have the pieces for it Mm -hmm. yet. So eventually I will make my own pieces probably after I finish this semester. Mm -hmm. But for now... We'll have to wait. I'm looking forward to that. I think you'd like really look good in that. Thank you. <laughs> I think so. And I think it will be perfect for a wedding because it's still day fashion and you can still do it in like dark colors mm-hmm. that would fit what other people would do and mm-hmm. it's still elegant. Mm-hmm. I think it will be perfect if you can. I saw oh, wow. a really good photo shoot from a Taobao brand off of like Chinese Lolita updates. It was really interesting. I hadn't thought about elongating the bloomers down to the shin. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because usually for Oji, it's either like long thigh. pants yeah. or like 
thigh to knee length bloomers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's I I've never really see like seen an in between, mm-hmm. and I find mm-hmm. that that in between is a perfect balance between like mm-hmm. elegance and kawaii. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's yeah. something I'll yeah. try. Like not a whole lot of poofiness, mm-hmm. but just that mm-hmm. nice little gathering at the shin where mm-hmm. it just gives it a little bit of kawaii right. prairie boy. <laughs> So why do you think people find it hard to incorporate their J fashion style daily as opposed to special occasions? Okay, in my case, I know it's mm-hmm. a question later, but mm-hmm. I consider myself a lifestyle Lolita, mm-hmm. but I don't wear it every day mm-hmm. because I work from home with pants. I'm way more comfortable than <laughs> spending an hour and a half doing makeup. And okay, you don't need to put makeup for every day. Lolita for anything, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I would not do an hour of makeup just to work in front of my computer in my house. That would right. be stupid. But yeah. just putting together the coordinates, all the different layers and such, I find that it's maybe too much of time consuming to put together. And also, some people like to have it as a hobby and mm. as a special thing to wear it on a special occasion. And also, it requires a lot of logistics. If you want to wear it daily, at least in Lolita, you have to have a lot of blouses, a lot of socks. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to wash your gloves often, so Mm -hmm. they need to be more durable and Mm -hmm. don't uh, lose the color in uh, washing and stuff like that. So I think that, at least for Lolita, daily Lolita is not something that you start straight away. You have to have a good expertise in working with Lolita and knowing how to wear stuff to different occasions already to know what you can do. For example, this summer, I went to VidCon. I wanted to dress in Lolita because I wanted to represent my what my channel was. I uh, would, It would have been stupid of me walking in jeans or whatever. <laughs> First, I was a little bit afraid because what would people think of me or a crazy person? <laughs> but that was the best decision ever because people remembered me from one day to another. Mm. People came to me, hey, I saw you the other day at that uh, networking event. I wanted to talk to you. So that was perfect. But also then um, I wanted to do that challenge for me that I would wear Lolita straight uh, for 10 days. The rest of the week, we went to museums and stuff like that. And then when you know that you're just going to wear it very often, Mm -hmm. I just had one clip in my hair, just one blouse. My sneakers were um, mint and they would go with all my dresses. That was easy for me. The more I was doing it on a daily basis, the more I saw how easy it was. This is definitely not the same level as if I wanted to go with my friends and really make an impression and build a coordinate amazingly for myself also. Since one of these styles, like Gaudu's style isn't really represented here. One of my friends who has also been a guest on the show, Reina, mm-hmm. spoke to her about like, how do you do this daily or, you know, incorporate your style into something you could wear daily. It's kind of a little bit of the opposite. Instead of trying to incorporate the clothes all the time, just because Gaudu has like a different focus, which is the makeup. It's mm-hmm, like figuring mm-hmm. out a daily makeup style that you can wear easily or fits on a lot of situations. She feels like you still like feel gal, even though you're not wearing the clothes. You're still just mm-hmm, wearing mm-hmm. regular like daily clothes. Gal in fast food uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> but I exactly. remember that from that interview that she said that for her, it was a makeup first and the clothes later. And some mm-hmm. people are like, yeah, I just put my four 
first a gyaru clothes and uh, she said that no 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 for her it was mega first for me the typical maybe it's what it was like 20 years ago I don't know mm -hmm. typical gyaru makeup is so out there I can see toned down version being possible yeah but there's so, um, in, there's so many subs for the other people like that right because so, yeah. they have like onegal roku goshiku the makeup has also evolved since like the late 90s early 2000s mm, right Not a lot of people do gangro or yamamba. Mm -hmm. Now it's more really nice eye makeup with the white stripe. And you can make the stripe as subtle or as bold as you want. A lot of the time when I see like the toned down versions of the makeup, it still looks like, oh, you you put a lot more effort into it because trying to do the top and bottom lashes emphasize that. But the other parts of the makeup are toned down. So then it's like, oh, to a normal person, Hmm, they look a little closer and then they're just like, you're still acceptable, I guess. <laughs> I'm keeping an eye on you. <laughs> really creative way to incorporate that, especially if, I don't know, you don't mind doing your makeup every day or like more than just like on special occasions or something. Like you can't change what you're wearing. You're wearing a uniform or something, but they mm -hmm. allow you to do a little bit of the makeup. Like, so maybe that's a way that you can incorporate the style. I love seeing people who work like in fast food places with like long acrylic or gel nails mm -hmm. and they're just like decoed up and I'm just like <laughs> you make it work yes. oh my god and yes. I'm trying to do the nail clicks but I don't have nails there you go thanks Kamila <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's always so cool. Like, I see this person at, like, Starbucks by my um, job, and she's wearing, like, Instagram makeup. So she's got, like, the lashes on, like, the sharp eyeliner wings, lipstick on, and she's just looking, like, posh while just, like, doing the coffee thing. And I'm just like, yes, you are, like, putting the effort every day. Like, I'm going to be a bad bitch no matter yeah. what. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of brushed upon this topic. What does the term lifestyler mean for you and do you because you mentioned being a lifestyler but also not doing lolita when you're working at home like mm -hmm. what is lifestyling j fashion to you i think for me lifestyler means that how you consider yourself in your daily life for me everything mostly everything i do revolves around lolita fashion mm. or kawaii fashion Mm -hmm. Even though I'm not wearing it, I'm working with it, with my brand, Fluffy mm -hmm. Tori. I'm ordering mm -hmm. it, uh, selling it, uh, editing videos where I'm filming it. So mostly everything that I do in my work or in my hobbies mm -hmm. revolves around the fashion. So for me, I do not have the need of wearing it every day. For me, I can either have it to special occasions, even though a special occasion would be a birthday party or a business meeting mm -hmm. or an amazing meet with my friends. Just to sit in front of my computer, I don't see the need of wrinkling my uh, dresses or sweating in them. You know what I mean? Right, right. So... It's like somebody getting dressed up, like anyone else getting dressed up in like a full suit or something to yeah, work at absolutely. home. Like, <laughs> why would you do that? Like, sometimes they say they're like, oh, try to get dressed. So then it'll like motivate you to do work. But I don't think most people who work at home <laughs> do that. Mm -hmm. For me, for example, people say, how can you work at home? There's so much distraction. Mm -hmm. There's when I had my office, I had a fridge, I had internet. So if I wanted to be distracted, I had the exact same opportunity right. as at home. And I'm just a workaholic. So for me, I don't mind. I won't work <laughs> anywhere. 
yeah, I think that some people might need to wear it every day to consider mm-hmm. themselves a lifestyler, or some people are just fine with wearing it once a month for meat and then mm-hmm. they go into the regular routine of different interests or whatever. Mm-hmm. I also have a lot of different interests. Since I managed to have my whole life focused around mm-hmm. this passion that I have for this passion, then I consider myself that it's part of my lifestyle, even though right. I'm not wearing the clothes every day. Yeah, because lifestyle goes beyond wearing clothes. You I know? think for me personally, I, I really considered myself a lifestyler when our friend Jesse gifted me the book So Pretty, Very Rotten. Mm. And I found myself reading it on the train and I was like doing research just because like right. I consider that book like free time research. You know, I'm absorbing this knowledge just because there was no need to. I wasn't doing it for the podcast. I wasn't doing it to answer anyone's questions. I just had the book and I had the resources and it called to me. That was like the first book (laughs) I read in so long. Oh man, because of school, I just don't have time to read anything. But I really dedicated like my transportation time to reading it um, while on the train. And that was when I was like, wow, I'm just doing this, like, Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. aren't I? Oh, dear God. (laughs) I bought it this summer in California, and I have not read it yet. It's a shame I have to read it. It's really good. It's a really good book. I really enjoyed it. They go briefly into, like, the history of Lolita fashion and how it evolved from the 1980s to today. And I learned so much from that Mm -hmm. book. And there are just a lot of good stories that people in J fashion can relate to. Yeah. Awesome. So what do you think about the pressure or goal of always being, quote unquote, kawaii? Do you think it's a realistic and worthy goal or a flawed way of thinking about pursuing our interests? That's a very interesting question, because like I said, I don't want for some reason to wear Lolita fashion every day, but I tend to want to wear kawaii fashion mm. and so I have been in the process of changing my normie wardrobe mm-hmm. to make it more kawaii a while ago maybe when I I don't know when I started getting stuff in Japan I've been six times to Japan so maybe I don't know since five or four years ago something when I was in Japan mm-hmm. uh, you go to close a child and you see so many oh, of those yeah. access fam it's already a cheap brand but when it's at Closet Child, you can find pieces for like $5. Mm-hmm. And so that's crazy. So I wow. used to buy a lot of those because, oh my God, J Fashion. And it's from Japan and it's cheap. And I can use that to replace my normal style. Right. And I bought a lot of them. And mostly they're like toned down colors. But they mm-hmm. have a lot of lace, over cute uh, mm. stuff like that. And so I was happy because I was incorporating more of kawaii things in my wardrobe but then my boyfriend would say but you look like a grandma or story (laughs) (laughs) and uh, all all of the flower patterns and then I realized that I just went to that because it was accessible and affordable and I Mm -hmm. liked this but maybe this is not exactly the kind of kawaii I want to go to also Mm. in my lolita wardrobe I tend to now focus on more specific colors I want to Mm. make really more um mint and pink stuff and so right now I really want to get basic pieces for my normie wardrobe that are kawaii I bought 
uh, pens from Hard Decora. They're uh-huh. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we like we were looking through your videos, and then we yeah. we saw that, and I was just wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. I wanted to get shorts too, but they were sold out everywhere. Oh man! And, you know, so okay. I used to be in cheerleading. Mm. That was my career before, and it's still one of my oh, two brands. Wow. And so I have a lot of sweatpants that are colorful. Yeah. Ports sweatpants oh, and they're okay. comfy and everything, but yeah. but now I feel so amazing in my. <laughs> it's also sweatpants. It's also less comfortable. Yeah. But I'm wearing kawaii fashion. Yeah. In front of my computer, and so when I'm wearing those, or I have the, the new huge sweater from um, Bodyline. They have ones that are gorgeous with the big unicorns on it. I mean, yeah. So I those saw are those. actually super kawaii. Um, comfy clothes that I could yeah. wear like you said it's the normie style that people yeah. expect and shapes but it's kawaii and also colorful and more in the direction that I want to take my normal wardrobe mm. and so I think that eventually I want to target my normie clothes more mm. for that also okay, I just yeah. bought a pair of mint jeans and nice. also that was the same. I was like, why am I wearing blue jeans? Because they're like what people expect me to in certain situations. Mm. But I could actually wear jeans if I want to, but in my colors, in kawaii and feeling pastel And uh, I don't know if you guys know the Try Guys. Yes. yes. They're YouTubers. Yeah. And at VidCon, they had a special sweater that was all pastel tie-dye. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. It's really bar. perfect. I love it. Oh, sorry, you might have seen it in the same video. This is normie people who made this, but it fits my future aesthetic that I want my whole wardrobe to be. Mm-hmm. And that way, it feels that I'm more allowed to wear uh, normie clothes if I manage to make them kawaii. You know what I mean? You know, I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. Where I work, we get a lot of people trying to sell their clothes to us so we could... Mm-hmm. Um, sell them back you know people Mm -hmm. get money for selling their clothes to us and then the company makes a profit by selling Mm -hmm. it brands like champion and fila release Mm -hmm. a lot of kawaii-able items really yeah champion Champion is a but yeah yeah champion is a sportswear brand Mm -hmm. that specializes in like athleisure Mm -hmm. and athletic clothes but their sweats, their sweaters and sweatshirts, they have them in like super awesome pastel colors. And if you need just like yeah. a basic pair of joggers, like yeah. hit it up. And I saw a, a shirt come in. I was so upset that I couldn't get it. It was by <laughs> Fila and it was kind of color blocked. The From the chest up, it was this beautiful buttercup yellow. And then the chest down, it was white. And then in Mm. pastel pink embroidered letters it said fila and i was Mm. like this is so freaking cute Mm. and fila it's like amazing e-girl tumblr (laughs) aesthetic pastel fila makes amazingly kawaii pastel color block sneakers too and i was like holy shit I need to find these. So, like, it's amazing how you can find, like, quote-unquote normal um, mm-hmm. clothes that are kawaii-able. I think those pastel colors are super uh, mainstream and popular right now at yeah. the moment mm-hmm. that everybody is into that. So, I think it's easier to buy normie clothes. And that's <laughs> bad because maybe, like, four years ago, I started to decide that I mostly buy only Lolita and spend my money in Lolita so I did not want to go to okay 
in Switzerland, what we have is like H&M. It's like oh, right. Uniqlo or anything. This is like the basic place where all the teenagers go or something because it's so right. cheap. And we have H&M main, too. The most mainstream fashion. I decided that I don't even want to buy those clothes because I don't need to keep buying clothes for my normal fashion if now I have a super cool fashion that I want mm-hmm. to invest myself into. Right. But now that I want to change my normal style, I like to find a cooler Right. Uh, pieces that could be both. And so the last question that we have for you is, how can you start to build a J Fashion wardrobe for a variety of situations? My wardrobe is kind of versatile, but some people wardrobe are not. And maybe that's because they did not have the needs for a variety of situations. For example, at some point, when a lot of Lolita starts, they buy a lot from Bodyline because it's cheap and it's easy to order and everything. Mm-hmm. And at some point I was like, did I outgrow that? Now I have a lot of French pretty uh, dresses. Do mm-hmm. I need to sell them, get rid of those dresses? But then when I was doing crazy stuff for my <laughs> actual Lolita uh, show, I was actually super happy to have those cheap dresses that mm-hmm. are easy to wash. And if I tear something, I don't worry. So I, w- I would say don't be a brand whore <laughs> so if you want a variety of situation you have to be open to various places and budgets mm. for your dresses yeah uh, maybe some lolitas that i know are only maybe beginners and they have mm-hmm. only basic lolita stuff maybe mm-hmm. from borderline but then if you want to go to an angelic pretty tea party we talked a lot about casualizing the, the dress but also sometimes you don't have the dress for a situation that is more ott more yeah, uh, right. fancy or something like right. that so i think you should be aware of all the possible range of yeah. prices brands fabrics also cuts patterns that is available in your fashion. I know that it's easier for Lolita. And uh, for example, if you want to go to a more business event or more yeah. traditional places, go with the colors that are darker and plain, no patterns, and have those OTT amazing dresses if you want to go to the castle, party party and uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, have a cheap bodyline dress that mm-hmm. is $40 so you can go. Uh, run in the grass with that and so yeah (laughs) that's a good way of thinking about it because i think when we first get into the fashion yeah we are just like on the like man we gotta look like gothic lolita bible and that's like our first and only goal say if your goal is to like wear this every day or something like that we're not thinking about a wardrobe that has like versatility and think about these different situations like okay so i have an outfit for a tea party what's going to be my outfit for or going to get groceries. Going to get groceries yeah, or something. Absolutely. It's not the same. Or you can, but I, I would say that beginners would maybe get to wear dresses not appropriate for the situation. Mm-hmm. Would wear dresses too or titty to go get the groceries. <laughs> I mean, I don't say that it's not possible. You can do right, that. Right. But either people are like stuck up and like, I only wear brands. I mm-hmm. only put $300 in all my dresses and mm-hmm. then you prevent yourself yeah. to go to other situation where you could right. go but you don't have the clothes for or right. if you begin and you only have like Taobao dresses or borderline mm-hmm. dresses then yes you're not allowed maybe to go to the tea party of Angelic Pretty because you need a brand piece to attend this so I think it depends on what you want to do and I don't say that everybody has to go 
climb trees in Lolita. This is something yeah. that I do. If people are just happy about wearing their style to meet their friends on like every second weekend and they just right. need outfits for this part of their life, then that's perfectly fine. Just for those who feel like they're held back like they they want to wear stuff that's like this more often but they're held back by like oh i have social a job conventions. social conventions mm. like this is a way that you can like think about it and you know overcome those obstacles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. joe thank you so much for joining us and having this really interesting discussion mm-hmm. with us about adapting J-fashion into many different situations. And I think you have a lot of really, really awesome insights Mm -hmm. into how to do this. Thank you so much for inviting me. That was so much fun. Of course, anytime. (laughs) So with that, this has been OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And Joelle. Ooh, first (laughs) one to get it right on. Nice. You are prepped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I listen to all the episodes. Right, so you know. You know (laughs) (laughs) We will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.